Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. Yeah, Jesus, we really want you. We really want you in this sermon. I really want these people to see you, God. It's the desire of our heart right now is to meet with you. We don't want doctrine. We want the Spirit of God bringing truth into our hearts. So if you, this morning, if you're hungry for the Spirit of God, would you just stretch out your hands to Him while in prayer and just say, Here I am, pick me. Here we are, Lord. You come speak to us, God. We're so hungry. We love you. We're so thankful you're here, God. Yes, what a privilege, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, so... I can share a bit more about myself next time we chat one-on-one if you don't know me, but my name is Mariette, I love Jesus, and I love Johannesburg. I was away for three weeks, it feels like three million, it's so good to be back. I love the city, I love you people. We have the most amazing, precious people in this congregation, and I just want to encourage you, at a stage God will potentially move you, and then don't be sad then that you didn't appreciate them. Ask God now, Lord, show me who are the people in and around my life. I want to love on them and I want to see them through your eyes. And that way we don't miss out in the, in our seasons that God has for us. Whether you ask Him to be thank, um, whether you say, Lord, I want to be thankful for my colleagues and whether it's thankfulness and asking God to see people through His eyes, um, where you stay in your church. Like every season, there's something God wants to impart through the people around us, saved and unsaved. And the best way we don't miss out on that is if we just challenge ourselves to continuously be thankful for those people, whether they push your buttons and whether they high-five you all of the time. That was for free. Let's start with the sermon. So freedom of belonging versus fear of misperforming. I try and use other words than what we use the whole time because sometimes when we hear something often enough, we, we start looking at something just with our head and then we hear the sermon's name is Jesus loves freezers and we're like, yeah, of course now the love and we sort of switch off. But today I really want to ask you to, in your spirit the whole time, um, just fight for interacting with the spirit of God in this morning because while um, somebody shares and ministers, whether it's one-on-one and in a group, there is a war going on for us to start thinking about other stuff. Not necessarily random, horrible stuff, but maybe random the chicken in the oven is the classic food belt we always use. Or, um, yeah, that one colleague or that one day. But our we, I want to encourage you to say that we, whether it's worship or in the sermon, we need to challenge our heart and our spirit the whole time going, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to see? What are you trying to say? Oh, he's so excited to speak to us today. So God is community. We oftentimes, I've said it, God's heart is so community. No, no, no. God is community. He's three in one. He's God, the Father, He's Jesus Christ, the Son, He's the Holy Spirit. He's three in one. It's who He is. He's community. And now I want to tell you something beautiful. God said that wasn't enough. He wanted more community. Then he says in Genesis 1, 26, let's make man. Let's make man in our own image so that he could connect with us. So if I look at Genesis, I see you and myself. We were made so God could be with us. Lots of lies, lots of other things want us to believe, other things. But I want to tell you today in the name of Jesus, God made you, made me so he could know you. 
from that place of knowing him, yes, there's a crazy outflow. You change. The world around you changes once you start really knowing Jesus. But we weren't made for an outflow. Genesis 1.26 says, God said, let's make man, let's make him in my image, in our image, so we could be with them, so we could dine with them. How do we know it's scriptural that I say God said he wants to dine with us? He says so in his word. If we look at Psalm 23, he says, he talks about a table that he lays out for us because he wants to dine with us. He wants to be with us. Um, also in, is it Luke? Luke 14. Sorry, slides, friends, that I'm jumping around and not going chronologically. Luke um, 14 also, he speaks of this table and this banquet and he says, go invite them, go invite them. Because that's his heart. It's who he is. He, he's made us to be with him. And sometimes what happens is, we're not being with God. We're not pursuing a relationship with him. We're not connecting with him. We're not busy knowing, getting to know him, telling, speaking to him about us, getting to know him. Getting to know, uh, telling somebody about yourself has got, is a large part of getting to know someone because it tells them you trust them. It tells them that you feel loved and safe with them when you start opening up your heart with a new friend or colleague, whoever, it communicates to them, I feel safe with you, I want to share my pulls with you. So sometimes we're not busy with that. We're focusing on what does the outflow look of, look like of somebody that's knowing God. And we get so burned out because we were not created to outflow. We were created to know God, to introduce people to him. That's it. The fact is the outflow is fruits that show we know. But sometimes by accident, it's not a hard, by accident, we pursue these fruits. Sure, better have an outreach focus. You better serve. Better tell somebody about Jesus um, because that's the right thing to do. We pursue that and our hearts grow cold. And our hearts grow cold. Because our hearts were made to pursue Jesus. And God is such a not condemning God. He's such an encouraging God. You guys, uh, many of, um, so a year and a bit ago, the Lord said to me, finish up with your work um, in Cape Town. I need you to, I want you to move up to Joburg and pursue work in the entertainment industry. That means you do lots of random, um, um, freelance work for income while you look for, for work in the industry. And, um, the Lord said, come up and, um, yeah, but because God has been journeying with me the whole time he encourages me, the whole time he provides, I could come up and do that. But, I wasn't super duper bold. God is just a super duper encourager. He's a super duper provider. I wish I had the time to share with you the testimonies of what God has been doing over the last two, three years for me to do this. He's really good and great. I'm not very bold. Yes, I'm a little bold, but it was a place from God as encourager. I've, I've gotten to know God as encourager in my life like never before. And I want to tell you, say to him, Lord, open up my ears. I know you're encouraging me also all the time, but I want to hear it. I want to see it. I want to get to know you more. Because we know Jesus, while we're here, we've got a heart for him, that's why we're here. But I want to tell you, God has got such a desire, as he's encouraged me, to walk in faith for the glory of his name. He wants to walk with you by faith. He wants to encourage you like that, or more. That's his heart for you, so I want to encourage you with that. God has encouraged us. So, um, let us look, oh, I love this, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 21, sums it up so beautifully. It says, It speaks of us 
being reconciled with Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and then, get this, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Next slide. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them, and entrusting us to us the message of reconciliation. We are ambassadors of Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So if we look at the word, we were made to be reconciled with God. We were made to be reconciled to know God. And the outflow of that is we are ambassadors for Christ. We've got a ministry of reconciliation. So that cannot be separated. Because once I know God, his heart is fully to know people. So once I know God, I cannot, it's impossible not to have a heart to want to introduce other people to him. It's impossible once you get to know him. If there's a blockage, if you are listening to lies, if you're listening to shame, that say you're not good enough in this area, then you're going to struggle to introduce other people to him because shame keeps us, holds us back from a ministry of reconciliation. But you guys, we've been forgiven. And I tell people when the enemy comes with accusations, tell him, it's all true. I suck. All of that is true. That's why I need Jesus. You guys, we are broken and it's a process and it's a journey, but there's always going to be things that the enemy can condemn us about. And either we can go, it's true. And because I'm not perfect, I cannot introduce other people to Jesus. Oh wait, that's lies. Okay. So actually it boils down to we can choose. We can choose. Yes, the enemy comes with shame. He comes with lies to hold us back from pursuing God. Distractions, lies, whatever. Yes, he comes with those distractions and lies to keep us back from introducing others to God. But at the same time, the Spirit of God, he fights harder. Saying, yeah, condemnation. But listen to what I say. Yes, you suck. But listen to the gold I see in you. And that's why it's so important that we, as God's people, we need to partner with the Spirit of God, listen to what He see, says about people, and speak it. Because you and I, we are God's mouthpiece. We can either partner with the enemy and break people down, mock people, laugh at them. When somebody says something nasty about somebody, partner with it and go, I. Or we can say, oh, yo, I, actually, that's my friend and I love her. I think it's cool. I, yeah, she doesn't fit in that shoe. But I think she's really cool. I love her. Or you can just be quiet when somebody breaks somebody else down. You're partnering with kingdom of darkness or kingdom of heaven the whole time. There's nothing in between, guys. It's bitter water or it's sweet. There's nothing. But God says, I'm partnering with you. You're my, my first prize and my last prize. My option is the bride who Jesus died for. It's through us that he wants to come and bring life to people that he wants to speak life over people. And we get to choose whether we pursue knowing him. We get to choose whether we say yes to introducing other people to him. And we get to choose every area of our life if, if God is Lord of that area or not. Let's go to um, Ephesians 2 verse 10. Because today I'm saying to you that you and I, we were created to know God. But then you can say, no, Marit, I've done my Bible school. If you haven't done Bible school, go for it. It really changes the way you interact with the world when you get a biblical worldview. And just because you're Christian, that doesn't mean you have a biblical worldview. You might have a secular humanistic worldview like I had because we get discipled by TV and friends and radio. So I encourage you to, to do that. So you can say, no, but Marie, we weren't like, uh, what about we were created, you know, for God's glory? 
What about created for good works? The, the Lord says we were created for good works. That's true. The word says it. Then it is true. Isaiah 43 verse 7 says we were created for his glory. If we look at John 14, um, a few times in John 14. Oh, if you're looking for something to read tonight, go read the chapter of John 14. A few times it says there, if you love me, you will obey me. A few sentences later, if you can obey my commandments, then I and you can see that you love me. Now it's like, which one is it? The chicken or the egg? Do we obey him because we love him? Or do we love him and now we obey him? Which one? Chicken or egg first? Um, and I want to give you the answer from scripture. Romans 5 verse 8 says, if we go back again, um, Romans 5 verse 8 is the second slide. It says he died for us while we were still sinners, which means we don't have the option to perform myself into a relationship with him. We don't have the option to perform myself into love with God. He says he died for us while we were still sinners. And from that place of his love, once he opens our eyes to see that, the response is to say yes to him. Yes to him, because out of this getting to know him, the outflow is a, mis- a ministry of reconciliation. The outflows, I want to run for these things, for Jesus. So sometimes we encourage each other, and that's good, we have to do that. But sometimes may, maybe um, I'm, not, I'm not good with God at the moment. I'm believing shame, lies about shame, or I'm believing intimidating lies. It says, you're not good enough to speak because of this or this, or rejection is ministering to you. And then somebody else might come and go, Marie. When last did you pray and lead somebody to Christ? Um, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, the auditions. Okay, and when last did you pray for somebody for healing? Come on, Marie, you know that you are. Yeah, yes, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm not. What was the problem there that I, that I had a, didn't have a heart to pray for healing? No, but when we listen to the Spirit and we love on one another, we can say, Lord, what's going on with Marie? She usually has 10 t- um, testimonies of praying for healing in a week. I haven't heard anything for a month. Like, what's going on? And then, whoops, Holy Spirit just maybe says the word shame or whatever. And then you can come to me and go, hey, friend, your husband praying for you. Can be wrong. Tested with God. By the way, that's how we, we don't, um, we try not to go. I heard from the Lord and you shall. We, what you can do if you feel you heard from the Lord, it's very safe to go. I feel that God has said, I think that. And then you always encourage them and go, but you go test it with God because you've got that relationship with it. And then they can say shame and I can go, yeah, shame has been ministering for me for three weeks and I haven't been realizing that I've been entertaining it. But now because of this, we can get to the heart of something. And it's the shame blocks knowing God. This shame blocks saying yes to God's affirmation, his acceptance, his love. Now we get that out of the way. Whoops, the outflow comes back because that's my natural gifting. So each one of us, here's the good news, we've got different gifts. And if you want the enemy to steal from your gifting, a good thing to do is just compare yourself to other people. It's very efficient. But what you also can do is you can say, God, you made me. You know, of each of my giftings, you know, my strengths, my weaknesses. Show me, send people across my path that need my gifting. If you're not sure yet what it is. Or ask close friends, listen, would you, what stands out for me to you? What, what do you think I'm strong in that I can use to serve the body of Christ? 
ask the Lord, ask a friend, but God wants to use the different giftings. And that is the beauty of it is that the different giftings come together. And that's the only thing that can let the kingdom come. It's never going to be this person or that person. So when the enemy comes and say, Oh, look at you, this and this, yeah, you prayed for healing, but why, why is this a, a weak area? Then you're like, so I can stay humble and need the body of Christ. Cause that is the truth. We would have been in very deep trouble when God created us if we only had strengths. But God, in his goodness and wisdom, he just knits us together. That we need him and that we need each other. So, I'm going to skip that. Sorry, I prepared a few things. And it's not because we had like extra fun this morning. I was last night already saying, your Holy Spirit, this is all on my heart. But you need to show me what you want to share today. So, we have been speaking about... Uh, outflow of, of pursuing Jesus. So I want to encourage you to say, Lord, if you realize there's blockages in your area, like you haven't been praying for people, you haven't been, maybe your, um, your a gifting of you is to invite people just in for tea. Maybe you're hospitable. And because people that don't feel loved, guess what? They're not going to come back to church. Then it's really great that I've got a gift of healing, but Sunny and Peter and Janine, that's supposed to be at the door, whose gifting it is to make people feel loved. When they're not there, and people by accident feel ignored five times in a row, the gift of healing is not going to help that much if they don't come back. So that's why I'm saying the good news is we don't have to condemn each other. We must encourage each other to run with what is in your heart naturally. What is your gift? Because together that lets the kingdom of heaven come. So when you see in your life there's a bit of blockage, you haven't been operating in your gifting, you can either listen to the enemy and be condemned or... Like we said earlier, there's the whole time a fight of the enemy to bring shame and condemnation. But the whole time, there's a bigger fight of the Spirit of God saying, but come, here's your gifting. Why don't you walk in this? And here's the good news. There was a fight, and there's a score on the scoreboard as we stand here. Spoiler alert. Jesus wins. It's Jesus one, enemy zero. That will never change. No matter the small challenges, battles, heartaches, disappointments, it's in nil, one, zero. It will never change. When Jesus comes back, he just finishes off the one and makes it larger. But I mean, it's one and it's zero. And sometimes we get challenged. We feel like, yeah, but what's going on? And um, I fasted, but now, you know, this is happening. And the Lord told me to do a fast for my, for, for the kingdom of heaven to come through my life. And at the end of the fast, I got very extreme um, eczema, which I've never had in my life from here till here. So then in that moment of disappointment and challenging, being challenged, you can either go, oh no, why does the enemy have so much authority? Um, I, I fasted, stuff was supposed to shift and, and whatnot. Or we can say, this isn't lacquer. There's something I don't get in the spirit, but Jesus, you've already overcome. My focus is on you. I praise you. I worship you. That is a tool, worshiping God and thankfulness no matter what. That is how we get the victory. That is how we get the victory. Freedom comes from knowing God. Sometimes we think freedom is when everything is easy and really good. That's a lie from the front of hell. How do I know that? If we look at Daniel, that man had so much freedom in God. Then when they said, you will bow to an idol, he said, no, I won't. You can throw me in a fire. You can throw me in a lion cage, but I will not, I'm not bow down to an idol. Was he very bold? I believe that man was free. 
because he knew God. And then he said, my God will save me. That's how much faith he had in God. But here's my highlight. Not the fact that he said God will save me, no. He said, but even if he doesn't save me, my God is so worthy of my life. And that's a choice we need to make. That's a choice the whole time. Whether you're at work, whether you're at home, whether you're here, whether it's a challenging situation, we need to choose in your own when we're not here, when there's no band, when it's really tough and your heart is aching. Is God worthy of my worship? Because if you believe the lies that he's not, in the myth times, you'll just be like, entertain self-pity, which is something of the enemy that he brings to you so that you'll not turn to Jesus. But like we were saying now the whole time, the whole time there's like accusation, self-pity, everything gunning from us for this side. And then from the other side, the Spirit of God is saying, yes, but look to me. I want to love you. I want to bring restoration. I want to bring peace. I want to renew your hope. Jesus is hope. Jesus isn't hope. And sometimes our hope goes down because we've been looking to other things by accident. It wasn't like we were running after despair. Where are you, despair? It's, there's a fight for us to look to that. But the whole time we can always turn back and say, Jesus, would you renew my hope? You're my hope. But that's a choice we need to make to say, Jesus, I'm just turning back to you. And he restores hope. So freedom for me is Daniel saying, oh, I know my God. He will save me. And even if he doesn't, you can throw me in because he's worthy of my life. Freedom for me is like Henny was sharing the other day when um, Nehru took the Christians, threw them into um, the Colosseum, sent out hungry animals. And I don't think it's boldness. I think it's freedom from knowing Christ. They stood there worshiping. They stood there worshiping because they knew God and they knew I'm going to get to him now. And blessed are those who are persecuted, mocked, rejected, ignored, looked down upon for my name. You guys, if we're not getting any of that, we need to ask ourselves if we are going for Christ Jesus. I'm not saying people must be rude every day, otherwise you look warm. I'm just saying Jesus is coming back soon. And the only thing we can take with us other people. And the whole time we've got this choice. Who are we going to live for? Who are we going to surrender our life to? In the queue at pick and pay, when we're boarding with British Airways, when we are at work the whole time. So I want to share one or two testimonies before I go to the last section. So I believe that that freedom is our inheritance. Because Jesus said that's what he died for us. For if the Son has set you free, you'll be free indeed. That's what he says. To give us life and life in abundance. Freedom is part of life in abundance. So our inheritance is freedom. But I've got one more question. What is Christian, while we're on inheritance, let's move over to stewardship. What does Christian stewardship look like? Now you think. I look after my finances or my car. I have to look after it well. That's true. But what is stewardship? I'm a steward of something that I look after. I can be a good steward or a bad steward. So I can, stewardship is handling or looking after or taking care of something that's either yours or it's maybe somebody else's. Now, let's say I've got a thousand rand and it's my thousand rand. I can do with that thousand rand what I want because it's mine, Right? I can steward it anyway. It belongs to me. But let's say I take that thousand rand and I give it to young George and it is now young George's thousand rand. How? And, but it's still, it's still, um, in my besit. It's still with me. 
And he says to me, I want you to look after it on, by, on my behalf. How will I look after it then? I have to look after it in a way that I know would please him because it's his. It's not mine anymore. Does that make sense that if it's mine, do whatever you want. That's fine. If your life is your own, do whatever you want. I expect brokenness of you because if you're broken, you're going to have broken fruits. We should stop being angry with the world because they've got broken fruits. Because their roots are broken. Who's supposed to give them the good news? It's me and you. So let's get angry at ourselves for being asleep and say, Jesus, stir my heart for people that are broken. Because that's God's heart. So now, the thousand rand is no longer mine, but it's still here with me. I have to steward it for young George in the way that he would want me to steward it. Okay. So... When you, are, when you are human, you are born, you are not reconciled with God, you can't be born or reborn. You get born, you're in this world, and at a stage you need to decide, I want to live for Christ. I want to surrender my life to him. I want to be reborn, whatever you say. When you give your life to Christ, what are you stewarding then after that? When your life belongs to Christ, this is not his life standing in front of you. How will I steward it? As I wish, was he does. But God is a gentle God. He will never force you in every area of your life or any area to choose him. He says, I extend my invitation for I so loved you. I sent my son. But I, you get to choose that. So sometimes we realize, okay, spiritually I've been dead and I need to be born again. We give our heart to Jesus. We say, yes, Lord. But our work life, we haven't given it over to Jesus. We pretend that part of the life we have belongs to us. So you haven't given that part to God. So we get to choose whether we live lives that belong to Jesus or to ourselves. God is a gentle God. And the good news is he's an encourager. So if you're struggling in the workplace, you need to go. Holy Spirit, helper, that's his one name in scripture. Will you show me? I don't know how to reach out to my colleagues. And the Spirit will tell you. Maybe it's a coffee. Maybe it's just being interested at the coffee, saying, how are you doing? No, yo, I'm tired, man, tired. Oh, like a cheers bar. Or, oh, wow, like you see a ring on the finger. It's like often it's going to be for the, like our ages. Tana. I said to the one colleague once, like teeth. He's like, yes, the kids are teething, so I'm tired. And immediately, next time I see him, I can actually ask him, how are you doing? How's your wife? How are the kids doing? I can build relationship with him. God loves through us by being interested in people. Oftentimes we'll get a word of knowledge. Woo, that's great. It's happened to me three times in my life. The other 200 testimonies I have of God doing a supernatural thing. God asked me, would you be interested in that person? Would you ask them, how are you doing? So we're saying, talking about surrendering your life to Christ. So you're at the workplace and you're saying, Holy Spirit, would you show me how to be interested in the people around me? Sometimes it's going to be, just take them a coffee because you know they love coffee and you see they're like frantically on the computer. You were there anyway, you come back, you put it down. Maybe that ministers very hard to that person. Somebody else is saved, spiritual. They've been praying, praying, praying and saying, Lord, would you speak to me? I'm really struggling. And you see that colleague and you're like, waters, running waters. I keep on thinking of waters that are running and then you can go, Holy Spirit, is that for them? Hi, sorry. Um, listen, I, I've just, I, what I always say to people so much, I practice hearing the voice of God 
because that immediately puts you in a safe space because that's what we do. We practice hearing his voice and there's safety to fail because we're free. We're not under a law. We're free. And I choose freedom. So I say, I practice hearing God's voice and what came to mind when I saw you now was waters running. You don't know if that's the one word that God has been having for that person that will bring freedom in their life. But the point is, we ask the Holy Spirit at work. When we hear, challenge yourself. Don't come to church and go, oh, worship, sit. What did they preach? What did they pray goodbye? Sit here and go, Lord, give me, this is a safe space. Give me one word of encouragement for somebody here. This is a safe space. We get to choose, you guys. We've got as many testimonies in a week as we want. Yes, I had it in. We've got as many people in church as we want, God says to me a few years ago. We've got as many people in this church as we want. We want to go out in the week saying, Lord, you better show me somebody to love on that's not planted in a house so I can be, be a friend for them, so I can invite them. I'm telling you, we will double by the week. We will double by the week. So the whole time God is wanting to encourage us to say, look away from that. Come and get to know me in my heart because the outflow will be freedom. The outflow will have be having a heart for somebody. The outflow will be, it will be impossible for you to come to church, go to small group, go to encounter one on a Saturday without a WhatsApp or two saying, how's it friend? We've got this cool thing at church, want to join? It will be impossible for us to connect with God and see the brokenness and feel his heart for them and go, oh, I'm going to try hard, but I'm not going to invite you to church. That will be impossible. But God is the encourager. He doesn't condemn. He says, I died so that all men can know me. You were made to know me, God says, and to introduce others to me. That's what we were made for. So when it comes to stewardship, we've got an opportunity to give our lives to God and say, all of my life belongs to you. Obviously, when you are at the workplace, we want to work excellently. Why? We want a platform so people at work can know Jesus. God says in the Word, don't do it for men. Don't do it for your boss. Don't do it for your mom. Don't do it for your wife. Don't do it for an income. Do everything you do for my glory. So now I'm working excellently. And because of my excellence and the way I loved my clients um, when I was still doing full-time flowers, weddings, even though they live in sin, they asked, would I pray for them? Because I was doing what I was doing for God's glory, but I don't, your flowers are great, but I I can only take people with me to Jesus one day. He's coming back and the only thing we can take with is people. So we want to work excellently and we want to love on people because we want to, we want a gap for kingdom because that's what we are living for. We want a gap for the ministry of reconciliation that's been given to us. So whether it's the workplace and you're working really hard and whether it's that toilet break and you're like, I've got two minutes, I'm not going to throw two minutes away while you're walking through the open plan. You're like, Lord, show me one, show me one. Lord, show me one, highlight one person that needs a high five. You go over them saying, listen, I don't know how your day has been doing, but I just want to say, you're a champ. Hey, bless you. Go back to your seat. And right there, you were available for the Holy Spirit and your two minutes was not wasted. Because when we realize how many people on this earth are hurt and broken and we've got the answer, we will not be able to be held back. But when we listen to shame and we think, listen to accusations, we listen to fears, 
We're going to be held back. But God says, I've set you free. You are free through Jesus Christ. Now choose me in every area of your life. So Jesus was an amazing and the perfect example for us. So sometimes when you're unsure, then you just go, Lord, what would you do? Like Jesus, what if there's not a specific scripture and you've got a difficult situation, then ask, oh, Spirit of God, get them. You cheat and give me extra time. You're stealing your lunchtime. Eh? It's not it's not me. I'm lying, I'm lying. There's a place where where the Lord wants to be Lord over every area of our life, wants to bring healing and newness and freedom. He wants to bring freedom in every area of our life. And he's a gentleman. He will never force it on you. But today, if you want to say, no, I'm done with this. I'm done with these sections of my life belong to Jesus. My life must belong to Jesus or nothing. God says it's very good for you rather to be cold. But he says if we are lukewarm, he will throw up. I saw eight courts. They changed it to spit it out. The original said, I will throw up and become sick. That's how God feels about lukewarmness. He doesn't understand it. He understands heaven and hell, but there's no option C. There's no, oh, just free love and like, no, and leave there. And no, I'm just like tolerant and inclusive. There's Jesus and there's Satan. There's nothing in between. And God wants to use you and me to take everybody we can along to Jesus because he paid the price already. So there's nothing we we can do to make somebody be saved. But God is just asking, would you love people and would you speak the truth? Because everywhere Jesus went, he preached the gospel. Don't come to me and say that (laughs) we mustn't preach the gospel, that the doctrine is not of God. Okay, so Jesus was the perfect example. And what did Jesus do? John 5 verse 19, it says, He only did what he saw the Father do. The whole time, even Jesus was saying, Lord, what are we doing now? I'm partnering with you, my father. What are we doing now? What do you want to do in this person's life? Now, Jesus said, I have to go away so you can get the helper. So you guys, each one of us, we have the Holy Spirit the whole time in the workplace. When we're in the queue at checkers to go, Holy Spirit, what do we want to do now? What do you want to do? I'm here. I'm available. Three weeks ago, when I was flying down to Cape Town, I, I get to be a... Um, Kalula and BA partners, I'm standing there and um, what I do um, often is I, I will just, if I've got only a few minutes with somebody, I'll just ask them, is there anything I can pray for you, for any prayer you need that you have? Um, it's not threatening, it's encouraging. From there, there's an immediate just opportunity to share the gospel mostly. And if it's not opportunity the gospel, to share the gospel, maybe one of you shared the gospel yesterday and God just wanted to come and water. So guys, don't look at the response. Look at the obedience to the Spirit of God. There's planting of seeds, there's watering, then there's harvest. If we had to say I'm only um, being, you know, I'm good with God because I led people to Christ, then we are deceived. Because if you were supposed to that week water lots of seed, then that was obedience to Christ. Then that was first prize. So the whole time we can say, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? What am I planting today? Am I watering and just encouraging? Or oh, I'm the fortunate one to be harvesting today. So, so that's how that works. So I'm standing in the um, log, the the counter, and I'm like, "Hi, ma'am. How are you? I'm just friendly and normal with her." She's like, "Good and you, and I'm good." And I'm like, "Listen, is there anything that you have a prayer need for? Anything I can pray for?" But I do this like a few times. But this is like a highlight that happened three weeks ago. This prayer need. She says, "I'm a very private person." Um, so I struggled to speak to my friends and people about Jesus. So I said, oh, have you heard about the Holy Spirit, the infilling of it? 
She goes, no. And I go, don't worry. Neither did the disciples in Acts verse 3 when Paul asked them, have you been filled in with the Holy Spirit? And then they said, no, we've only heard of the baptism of John with the water. And then he said, okay, cool, but Jesus went, Spirit came, let us pray. And she's like, where's, so she starts writing it down because she now wants to go read it. And I say, so if you want, I can, uh, I can pray with you. And she's like, oh yes, please, must I open my eyes or close them? I'm like, oh, you can somehow just look at me. And I lead in prayer. You guys, we lead people in prayer to get filled with the Spirit. Or the only, and I say to her, the only prerequisite for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be saved. Jesus is your Lord and Savior. She goes, yes. But just in case I didn't explain that well enough, I always start the prayer. I go, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Nice and short sentences, you guys. Um, otherwise, we're going to confuse them that you are my Savior, that you are my Savior. I come yield my life to you. I ask Holy Spirit, I ask Holy Spirit, would you come and fill me in? Would you come and fill me in, she says. Come and live inside of me. Come and live inside of me. I yield my life to you. I yield my life to you. Every day and every night, come and teach me. Every day and every night, come and teach me to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, she says. Thank you so much. And now the queue is starting to bunch. And um, no, but like two or three. But before that, there was nothing. Because I'm wanting to have respect for this system situation. But Jesus is coming back. Anyway, and then I said, okay, listen. Then there's also there's also praying in tongues. It sounds like this. Go read in scripture. Because, oh, can I get a photo? And I quick get a photo of me. Because you know, it was just a precious moment. I wanted a photo. And I said, you go, need to go read in scripture what the word says about praying in tongues. You can pray in tongues. You just go, Holy Spirit, just bring a release. And then you pray it. And then Satan's going to go, you're making it up. And then you go, oh. That girl told me you're going to lie about that. And then you pray because you exercise your spirit. God bless you. And I go. And you guys, I could have walked past her with the answer. But I was distracted. I didn't ask her, do you want living waters? Three nights ago, I'm leaving a country lodge placey where I quickly met up with friends. And at the exit gate, um, I say to this um, tall man, um, how are you doing? He's well. I'm like, sorry. He's going to let me out. I go um, on. This was on work. Tuesday evening, I said to him, do you have any prayer needs, anything I can pray for? And he thinks for a while, and he says, he really struggles with, can I pray for? He wants to be honest at work. What a heart. And I'm like, my friend, tonight Jesus is going to minister to you. Because sometimes you get a spirit, a lying spirit. Uh, it's, a, it's a little demon that's been overcome, but we still must um, take authority over it. There's a journey where we get to freedom in our life. So maybe this man's heart is so, he's got such a desire to speak truth. But this thing is ministering to him. So God sends somebody. So the whole time God sends us with the answers, the answer will always be Jesus. Surrender your heart to Jesus. If you're not sure what to pray, just pray surrendering to Jesus because he is the one that comes to set free. So I could pray for him and just gently say, oh, you that are lying, I say in the name of Jesus, you heard he doesn't want. You have to go and be quiet in Jesus' name and leave. And Lord, thank you that you give this man such boldness to choose just truth over lie every time by your spirit, which is the encourager. Amen. And this man is just like, thank you. Thank you so much. So the point is, wherever we go, whenever we go, Scripture says we're always the ambassador for Christ. Unless your life does not belong to him, you are not an ambassador for Christ. It's only that. It's only those two options. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www. Dot shuffle, dot I'm not the one who gave his life.